This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by ExtremeTerrain.com, your Jeep Wrangler parts authority for all things YJ, TJ, JK, and 2018 JL Wrangler related. Extreme Terrain is a leader in providing accurate information and top-notch customer service for the hottest aftermarket Wrangler parts around. Visit ExtremeTerrain.com today and ready your rig for the upcoming season with all the hottest Wrangler parts and accessories. Stay tuned to this episode of the Jeep Talk Show for the latest on their 2018 JL Wrangler video review series available on ExtremeTerrain.com or through the link on today's show notes at JeepTalkShow.com. Yeah, episode 319, February the 8th, 2018. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler, Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back, strap in, and breathe. Tony, what is the longest that you've gone without? Well, Josh, I don't like to brag, but uh, well, there's a few days there in college, uh, you know, whenever I was uh, dating myself. No, no, I met without your uh, Jeep. Oh. <laughs> See, you need to put this stuff in the show notes, so I know what you're talking about. This stuff out of left field, you know what's you know what's going to happen. It's going to be bad. Uh, well, you can't do much without a Jeep, that's for sure. Hey, Tammy, when are we going to see you off-road again? Well, I'm pretty sure it will be before Josh gets his Jeep ready, that's for sure. <laughs> what is this? Pick on Josh week? What? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Hey, are you looking for a way to support the show? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And a small fraction from anything you purchase using that link will go to the Jeep Talk Show. If you like what you hear or have gotten any benefit from what we do here, well, then please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. Well, do you want fries with that? And I mean by fries, I mean the, the boosted performance and economy that comes with a turbo. As a break from tradition, the 2018 Jeep Wrangler JL will be available with a turbocharged gasoline four-cylinder engine. Sources say the 268 horsepower, 295 foot-pounds of torque Turbo 4 is now available to be ordered from Jeep dealers around the U.S. The kicker is, even though that choosing the 2-liter direct-injection turbo is a $1,000 option over the base 285 horsepower, 3.6-liter V6 with 260 foot-pounds of torque, it will only be available with the 8-speed automatic transmission, which itself is a $2,000 option, bringing the turbo to a total of $3,000. Now, that turboed 4 may pay for itself, depending on how heavy your foot is, relatively soon with the better fuel economy and improved full throttle acceleration. It's too bad they won't offer this with a 6-speed stick shift option. I think that would be a blast to drive, honestly, and would complement the Turbo 4 quite nicely. Early test drives of this new engine and 8-speed auto noted that the overall gearing of the automatic to be quite low, which traditionally compromises fuel economy. Might work pretty well off-road, though. Interestingly, there will be a mild e-torque plug-in hybrid version of the JL Wrangler in 2020. That's right, I said hybrid Wrangler in 2020. Not sure how that's going to translate off-road, though, but we'll see. The other upcoming engine option will be a 3-liter V6 diesel with a nearly similar 260-horsepower figure, but a more substantial, check this out, 442 foot-pounds of torque. I really hope that one finds a home in an off-road-inspired options package. With that much torque, you can climb a tree. I can just see it now having... Yeah, I'm just 
Can you imagine having that long extension cord when you're off road? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Get off my cord. It's like uh, when you're uh, when you're uh, vacuuming in the house and uh, somebody uh, goes over and messes with the cord or it gets uh, I mean I I like stepping on the cord. <laughs> you know, just bing bing bing. Oh, Bob's stuck on the log again. Somebody get an extension cord. Right. <laughs> Do you guys remember that commercial where they were showing uh, like people with laptops at, at a, like at a beef stroh or sitting outside a restaurant and they had a oh, cable attached to it? Tackle football, trying to get to the last plug and available. No, <laughs> no. This has actually had a, a a wired cable running to the internet. <laughs> you know, plugged Jeez. in someplace, and then somebody Jeez. would walk by, or somebody on a bicycle Trip would ride by, and the laptop oh! would the laptop would take off, and it just it always as an IT person, it always like, oh, holy hell, not a laptop! Those things are expensive. It was it was hilarious. Some of those commercials, uh, you know, you can make commercials that are worth watching. Well, we'll be talking a little bit about commercials here in a minute, but yeah, first, I'm so got to give a big Jeep wave and a special Jeep talk show shout out to the students of Victoria West High School Engineering and Math Department there in Texas. Who modified and customized a child's electric power wheels toy? You know, those little miniaturized electric vehicles that kids can fit in and drive? Yeah, they're pretty cool, right? Wish we had them when we were kids, but this whole thing <laughs> was part of the nationwide program called Go Baby Go. But this power wheels was a little bit different. It was, of course, a Jeep, specially modified, though, to accommodate four-year-old Abel, whose dis disability prevents him from being mobile on his own. Transforming the little power wheels began in September of 2016, or 2017 rather, and included moving the seat forward, stabilizing the seat, and rewiring the foot accelerator to the steering wheel and other specialized control and safety modifications. Cruising down the Dudley Elementary School hallway now, the four-year-old preschooler Abel Salazar smiles ear to ear as he honks the horn on his new miniature cherry red Jeep. The Captain America shield decal on the Jeep's hood gives Abel the courage of his favorite superhero too. Abel, who is nonverbal, was born without some fully formed bones in his body. His feet are where his knees are, his arms are shorter than normal, and he has several dislocated joints. The more Abel learns how to use the new Jeep, the better chance he has in the future to be a candidate for a mobility chair. Learning how to press the buttons and control the Jeep will be part of the learning process, of course. For now, the occupational therapists in charge of Abel's progress are letting him have some fun with his new Jeep. Eventually, they will give him, some, him and his Jeep some real-world obstacles to overcome, but for now, well, I've got high hopes for Abel because we all know what a Jeep can do with an obstacle. I just hate That's seeing awesome. things like this for for children. I just I've always felt that as uh, as a child, your childhood should be pristine. You should not have to have anything uh, other than your normal putting up with bullies and learning how to deal with school. You know all the stuff that everybody has to go through. So anything that can make a, a child's life uh, better, uh, I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. No, they, it, if you can see the pictures on this, I know uh, some of us, uh, some of those who listen to the audio only version of this can't see the pictures, but oh man, this kid is just beaming yes. seeing that Jeep. It's, it's great. Wonderful, Love those feel good thing. Jeep stories. Absolutely. Well, speaking of commercials, guys, Jeep scored big in the Super Bowl this year. I know it seemed Woo. like it was all just one big Tide commercial, but there were over 50 companies that advertised in the 2018 Super Bowl game. Out of all three metrics that YouGov brand, X, uh, brand index measured in the Super Bowl brands, only three companies made it to the top 10 in earnings growth. Advertisers that see a sales boost, if any, from their ads can be found on the purchase consideration gainers chart, a key metric of potential sales revenue. Netflix made the biggest gains, followed by Hulu. Both teased amazing originals that are scheduled to be released this year. And to be honest, each one was a stunning and gripping preview of some upcoming shows or movies. The other big dog in the house was none other than Jeep. Jeep ran three very different ads executed by three different advertising agencies, including a parody of Jurassic Park, 
starring the one and only Jeff Goldblum, which, by the way, was not only very well done, but rather humorous as well. The other commercial from Jeep that stood out, of course, was the debut of the 2018 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon to the TV world. This was done with gratuitous revving exhaust notes and a poignant demonstration of its off-road prowess. Traversing a ridge and coming down a riverbank, the Jeep then crosses the river, forging water deep enough to submerge the bumper. Now, it gets better. After the deep water crossing, the Jeep then straight up rock crawls out of the water and mud only to then climb an active multi-ridged waterfall. And by climb, I mean full-on bouncing, wheel hopping, no sissy here, I got my big boy pants on, momentum carrying 4x4 wheeling. I literally stood up and fist pumped. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Truly one of the best Jeep commercials ever. Yeah. And really, it's, it's worth checking out. We'll have a link to it in the show notes for this episode if you're interested Jeep hit it out of the park this year, guys, and did the 2018 lineup some real justice. Jeep is finally starting to showcase what Jeep is all about, the off-road adventure. Now, on Twitter, somebody um, made a snarky comment about um, the Jeep ruining the outdoors in that commercial. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, so it, in, oh in the God. very bottom, of course, in, in all the commercials, you know, you see that really super tiny font at the bottom. It's, it's white print and you can barely read it even on a 52-inch widescreen. And, <laughs> and in the bottom, it said, you know, uh, this was a man-made course. No, right. no nature was harmed in the making of this commercial. You know, something along those lines. You know, and, yep. and just, to, just to appease the eco-nuts out there who, who right. are, you know, taking off the Birkenstocks and, and lighting the pitchforks on fire. They're ready to, ready to head into the streets and protest or something. I don't, I don't know. But, no, they, Jeep really saw that one coming. And oh, they went course. ahead right. threw a little disclaimer down at the bottom. You, you have to, right? The, the team to. of 16, uh, I'm sorry, 1,600 lawyers that Jeep had uh, <laughs> uh, all told them, oh, no, don't oh wait a minute. that's fine print. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. That's, uh, here's $100,000 worth of uh, billing I'm doing to tell you you need to have a dis- disclaimer on this. <laughs> exactly. And I'm surprised, Tony, you haven't said anything about that um, JL commercial. What am I going to say? G- uh, it, I mean, it's a red Jeep, and they're going right. to they're going to go know, with I their best foot gonna, forward, right? Yeah, I was. Well, we wanted to get that out of the way so we can move <laughs> on to the next thing. So, I mean, yeah. they they had an idea who was going to be in the Super Bowl, so they could have gone with purple or uh, what? What's some of the other teams' colors? You know, I don't follow the yeah. football, so you know they could have yeah. gone, but they didn't. They went with red. There's a the reason Jeep, for that, people. No, that was the only Jeep left on the lot because all the black ones were bought out right away. That's the, it works the other way around. You can't see the black ones, Tammy. I'm telling you, that, that dark color, you know, it's, it's great for running from the cops. <laughs> Do you have a devious past? Is that, is that what the black Jeep's about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got lots to hide. <laughs> um, speaking Wait, of forget. commercials, oh, can I just, <laughs> did you, FCA <laughs> also did the Dodge Ram commercial. Did you guys notice that one? That, that was, was pretty. That like, was okay. That, I thought. I mean, it didn't hold a candle hysterical. to the Jeep stuff, but it was. It was all right. That that was a but, great. That was a great Jeep commercial. It really was. Did you see all the people watching the video? Um, the commercial here with me at the house. They didn't get it. Well, isn't that cool? Not. Isn't that cool to, that you get something because of your. Uh, your hobbies, your interests, and, and, you know, the things, the information that you gather and share. I'm talking about the Dodge Ram pickup commercial. Well, I'm assuming it has to do with the, the learning that you've done about the, the Jeep and stuff. No, what, what was no, it? I haven't seen it. No. It's um, Vikings using the Dodge Ram to cross the ocean, and they're driving to Minneapolis, and they're in the Dodge Ram, and they get to Minneapolis, and they look at the little monitor on their um, in, the, in the truck, and uh-huh. it says... You know, the matchup for today's game, and they realize, oh, 
that's not us. And they turn around and go back. Uh, the the Vikings gotcha. weren't playing. Anyway, just had to throw that out there. It has nothing to do with Jeep, but it is FCA. So no, I just assumed that you gathered uh, something mechanically or something no. based on the knowledge from your, from your Jeep stuff. Oh, sorry about that. Yes. A, a buddy of mine sent me a, a message on Facebook. He says, Hey, how'd you like that Jeep commercial uh, on Super Bowl day? And, and I told and, him he wasn't watching. And I don't, I don't watch it. I told him I hadn't seen it yet. So I went and found this, uh, this commercial the other day. I figured it had been long enough for it to be on, on YouTube and uh, watched it. It was, it was a great, uh, a great Jeep commercial. I mean, it shows you what a, a, a stock or nearly stock Jeep can do. And uh, I actually took it, and uh, since it was on YouTube, I was able to share it with my wife. I sent it over to her so she could watch it on her phone. And I said, your Jeep can do this. Your Wrangler can do this. And in fact, with the, the 35-inch tires and the 4-inch lift, it's going to be a little more capable than this. I was going to say. <laughs> and she goes, no, uh-uh. I don't want to do anything like that. I, I'm afraid I would <laughs> no damage. <interest. laughs> I would damage the stuff oh, underneath. No. And it's exactly the oh. same thing that Tammy had said. And I said, it is built for that. And I'm not telling her she has to go off-road and, and, and have no, that no, lifestyle. No. I'm just thinking she's driving something that if she gets in a situation, flooding in Houston or whatever, go up that 45-degree embankment. Your Jeep will get you out of harm's way, and the Jeep will continue running. It won't be flooded. The saddest thing to see in any of these floods around here is when you see a Jeep submerged uh, near an overpass. I mean, they didn't know what they were doing. Otherwise, it would have not even been there. One other thing I got to say about this commercial, the other thing that hit me about this was, I mean, it's a given. They need to put that thing in there about, you know, not damaging nature, didn't run over an otter, any of the rest of that crap. But what they really should have done was, we're really sorry for making all the renegades and the new Jeep Cherokees look bad because we show commercials (laughs) about these things off-road, but you're not going to see a a renegade or... Or a cherry new and the new, new new Cherokees going through this course, you're not going to see it. I challenge you, Jeep, do one with the with one of those two FCA Jeeps, and let's see what happens. Well, you do remember was it last year, or the year before? Don't they shit on my point. Brand new Renegade <laughs> and ran it through an Olympic whitewater raft. I do course. not remember that uh, at all, Josh. <laughs> It didn't happen. Oh, that was that was a great video too. They should have turned that into a Jeep commercial. That was some interesting footage, but I digress. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking about that, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's been a while. He's not going to remember that. He won't bring that up." Oh no, crap! He brought it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, if you guys want to bring out some of those news tips, well, shoot us an email. That's right. You guys can help us out by submitting news tips for this week in Jeep. If you want to be on on the scenes reporter for the Jeep Talk Show, we'll send in those links to our main contact line. Info at jeeptalkshow.com or just go to our website. You can find our links there. And hey, guys, coming up later in the show, just a little bit, we're going to be interviewing, well, one very important gal. She's with Turn 5, extremeterrain.com. Meredith Evasu will be getting in with her here in just a little bit. And if you guys remember last week, Steve 4.3 LXJ uh, brought us a little information about JK axles, specifically about the camber and how you can't adjust it. Even though you may take it to get aligned and it says the camber is a little out, and it can't be adjusted well steve is explaining to us uh how that can happen and what you can do about it so this is part two if you didn't catch part one go back to last week's episode episode 318 and listen and then you can uh, be caught up with what we're going to be playing for you right now the unit bearing those unit bearings are designed to have that weight on them straight up and down they're a two-piece thing got balls inside there's a nut on the end of the axle that holds them all together, and they're not super tight. 
And so the most give that you get will be in those unit bearings. And as you increase the width of your tire and you move the tire further out so that you can steer the thing, and you know tightly in tight places and so forth what happens is that there's more and more and more rotational forces against that upper ball joint and that unit bearing and it gives you can see it when you put the weight on it and coupled with that the jku weighs about 4200 pounds give or take and if you divide that in half, you've got 2,100 with most of the weight in the front. So let's go up to 2,500. The Dana 30 axle is really only designed to handle 2,730 pounds, excuse me, 2,750 pounds. And that's with that force from the weight of the vehicle going pretty much straight up and down on the unit bearing and the ball joints. So we're, you're kind of at a, a margin marginal area there anyway and so when you put the weight on them with wider tires you're going to get some deflection so how do you fix it well there's a thing called a offset upper ball joint and you can get them in half degree one degree one and a half degree and two degree increments and you have to press them in and what it will do is it will move the top of the uh, steering knuckle in the direction of the offset. And so you can use these now to correct your camber or if you've installed a lift kit and you don't have quite enough caster and your control arms are a fixed length, you can also put these in and you can get an adjustment to your caster. And they're kind of handy. They're not cheap. They're about 90 bucks a piece, but they will fix the problem. And there's another problem on uh, Dana 30s, and I don't know if it applies to the Dana 44 uh, out of the JK yet, but in earlier Dana 30s, particularly on XJs and and uh, ZJs and so forth, I know for a fact that there's a one and a half degree difference in caster between the right and left side, and you'll notice that guys on forums will say, hey, uh, I got one spring boat ahead. It's hitting the uh, sway bar link and it's making noise and this and that and the other. Well, you can fix that with one of these upper ball joints and you can rotate the uh, uh, the steering knuckle back and you can correct that difference in caster and then it won't pull to the right like they all do. That's it for right now. There are some other fixes you can do and probably should do to your JK Dana 44. And I'm going to leave that for later when I do a series on Jeep axles. Um, I'll springboard off of what Josh has to say about lockers and so forth and maybe add a little bit to that and tell you how they affect the drivetrain and how big a tires you can put on and so forth. But we're going to probably finish up our uh, series on airing down first before we dive into that. So I hope this helps and it's, it's a relatively inexpensive fix. If you're handy, you can do it in the driveway, but uh, you can have your alignment guy do it too. So for now, we'll leave it right there. Hope to see you out on the trail. 
Well, that's really interesting. Uh, Josh, you seem to be uh, watching you in the Skype video. You, you were kind of nodding your head. You were aware of uh, this uh, this little device he was referring to to, to make these yeah, adjustments. Yeah, the offset ball joints are are definitely one of those, you know, those those fix-it type of ideas. Uh, and I'm, they haven't been on the scene forever. Kind of a, a relatively new technology. And when I say relatively new, I mean, you know, it's probably only about a decade or so old. Um, but uh, I, I'm on the fence with it. You know, it's kind of the same thing with offset tie rods. They have their place, and they definitely they definitely fix some issues that, that are going on. But you know, it's to me, it seems like when you offset something, you're increasing the shear force ratio, and you're just you're you're putting in something that's not going to be as strong. And and so and and there may be some out there that that are extremely beefy. There there I may be way overthinking this. Uh, just the engineer in me, you know, kind of peeling things apart more than they should. Um, but that that's the way that I see it. Now, if you're running these. And I'm sure there are people out there that, you know, they got them on their 44s and they're running 44s with them, you know, and it's just like, oh, I've been running these for years. No problem. You know, I'm sure that you're just like anybody out there, you know, there, there's a bad apple in every bunch and, and uh, you know, everybody's mileage is going to vary. But, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, you're definitely going to do some research on this and, and it might not be the ultimate fix. Like Steve was saying, there's other things out there that you you can do and probably should do. This is just one of them. So I know on the Data 30, um, the uh, is it called the outers? You know, the where the the wheel actually bolts onto the the C and lets it turn. I mean, you can put a, a different. Where I'm going with this is you could actually change outers, uh, or is it udders? Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about here. Help me out. You know, where you you put something on there that doesn't require the the non-serviceable uh, wheel bearing assembly, which is is very much a weak point. Uh, on the Dana 30s, especially when you start going above the the stock tire size. Yeah, there's there's actual locking hub re, uh, yes, uh, locking kits hubs. out there that you that you can do. There's there's knuckle swaps out there that you can do as well. I mean there there is a I mean a ton of aftermarket support as well as fabricator support. If you have some skills, you you know access to a welder that sort of thing, and and aren't afraid to go into a junkyard and and, and pull out some parts. There is a ton of junkyard modifications but, but I mean, as well. What I'm saying here is is that you could th- this might be a better way to uh, to accomplish this fix instead of special uh, specialty ball joints. Just put something on there that's built beefier uh, that uh, will handle these uh, shearing forces, uh, mm-hmm. so that it you you don't have to worry about the camber. You're not going to have that's right. The King slop Dana sixties. Let's go. <laughs> but I mean, you, but no. If you if you had a Dana thirty, you could put a Dana forty four outer on there and accomplish the same thing, right? Yeah, you know, read uh, racing knuckles. There's another one out there. Uh, WJ knuckle swaps. I yeah, hear yeah, increase WJ. a lot of strength as well. You know, that's one of the junkyard mods I was talking about. Yeah, I was thinking cheap. Um, you know, uh, so you know, there like Steve said, there's a ton of different things that you can do out there to to combat you know an off camber uh, you know a camber issue. Uh, you know the, the one the the ball offset ball joints it's just one of them so uh, the the Dana 44 that uh, Tammy has on her Rubicon uh, is it less of an issue with that Dana 44 or is there I mean obviously you could throw a Dana 60 under it like you're saying and that would be a better situation but for the the JK and JKU crowd that maybe have the Dana 44s that are having camber issues because that's what brought up this subject was uh, uh, Tammy actually had a camber issue uh, last alignment. What could somebody with a Dana 44 do uh, short of changing axles or these specialty, uh, uh, not wheel bearings, the ball joints, joints. the offset ball joints you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, I hear there are some other little fixes out there, uh, some tips and tricks. I 
I can't really chime in on I, those too much. I, I haven't gotten underneath there and tried these tricks myself. I do know that the offset ball joints are a true and tried and true fix for for this. Um, but you know, like it's not the only one out there. There there are other things. Uh, knuckle swaps. We're talking uh, about you know wheel offsets and stuff like that. Um, there's a ton of different things that you can do to start changing where those forces are being applied and how. Right, Tammy, did Jeff, you have something on that? Well. For sure, um, Jeff said eventually, because of my 35s, that's the biggest issue right now is because of my 35s are on there, um, I'm going to have to um, get new ball joints. But he also said, um, I, if I hopefully I'll get the, the verbiage right here, the axle part that comes right off the wheel there, I can fortify that by, is it an axle sleeve? Is oh, that what sleeving, I'm the, uh, sleeving the axle? Right. Um, that probably will help it, too. But eventually, I'm just going to have to get a whole new setup. I'm surprised the 35s are causing that Dana 44 a problem at all. And this could be, too, also that it was like this right off the Jeep lot. Oh, I didn't think about that. Um, it could have just, that's just the way it was when it came off the lot. So it might not have been... Um, perfect right and, 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 and it doesn't necessarily just, have to be but right and it's just slightly off it's not huge right now and which could mean it was just that's the way it came off the lot and the great thing is now that you know you can uh, monitor it on uh, future right. uh, alignments exactly. and, and see if it changes so uh, did just curious did he uh, mention uh what uh what ball joint that uh did he have a recommendation for what ball joints to put in there yeah, I'm sure he did, but I don't remember. I'd like to know that. Uh, yeah. I, th I think our audience would like to know that. I mean, I'm sure everybody has their own uh, their own idea of what what should be in there. But since Josh told us about the Alloy USA uh, ball joints and the a couple of his uh, buddies, I guess they were Cherokees, Josh. That yeah, they're that both were running. In, uh, yeah, one was a, a 92, and the other one was a 2001. Uh, and all three of us all got the same ball joints in the same month, so within a you know a couple week or two of each other, and we all put them in in the same weekend. Uh, and theirs all had to be replaced within a year and, and well, mine's been sitting for a couple of years, so I don't quite have the mileage that they do, but mm -hmm. yeah, they, they just plain and simply didn't last. Yeah. So I would just be, it, I'd like to know about what different ones right. that, that are out there that, that maybe a, a shop would recommend. And I know this was all like new to me, this off cam, you know, the, just the axle joint, ball joints, and this and that. And it was, and I'm like, oh my God, it was too wait much till the, information. Wait till the numbers start coming in, Tammy. Yeah, right, I know. It was too much information for me to soak everything in. So, you know, I just got to learn piece by piece. And no, of course, so we're, we're all the same I, way. Right, next time I go back, I'll learn a little bit more and a little bit more. And We'll take some notes next time, damn it. I know, I'm going to, next time I'm bringing my camera and I'm going to interview him. <laughs> there you so, go. Because we also, there's also a, a radiator issue with the the Wranglers, leaking yeah, radiator we, issue. So hmm. um, he was going to talk to me about that too, because when we, when I went there the last time, my um, uh, reservoir was empty. And so we were looking around for possible leaks in my radiator because he's finding a lot of that too. So next time I go, I will bring my camera and I'll, ask about ball joints and radiators there you go so coming up next week steve uh, 4.3 lxj is going to tell us about something important to every one of us especially if you're in texas and there's a fence around every damn thing finding trails 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Josh, I'm kind of confused about this. Uh, coming up in Tech Talk, is it robot loving that you're going to be talking about? I mean, it's it's something about you're going synthetic? Well, you know those new dolls they have on Amazon. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Okay. Oh, oh Amazon. Robot, Amazon. Robot, Amazon. I'm kidding. I see a profit opportunity here. <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. The Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and Trail Chasers podcast. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Hey, Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. So when I first started off-roading, I took it really slow. I got to know what my Jeep could do, my stock Jeep Wrangler. It was a Sahara at the time. And I took some instructional off-roading driving classes, and I stuck to the left less difficult green trails. And so as I gained experience, I gained confidence, and that's what I knew it was to start making some modifications to my Jeep. But what changes and where to start was, oh, it was a daunting task. And just like I mentioned last week in episode 318 when I shared my top five must-have Jeep accessory products for Jeep modifications, it can be just as overwhelming. So here are my top five modifications you should make to your stock Jeep Wrangler for off-road readiness. Now, these top five aren't the only modifications you can make to your Jeep but they're a great basic start. So from all my research and talking to Jeep people and my experience, um, the number one thing you should worry about when off-roading is your tow points. Because whenever you go off-road, there's always a possibility your Jeep could get stuck. And to help in those recovery efforts, you should have good, strong tow points on your Jeep. And I decided this was the first place for me to start, so I replaced that plastic bumper and those hook-type toe points, which could be kind of dangerous when you hook up recovery straps to them. And I replaced it with a steel metal bumper from Extreme Terrain. Um, I used the Barricade Trail Force HD bumper. It's still on my Jeep, and it's still holding strong. And last weekend or two weekends ago, I even ran over some rocks with it, and it held up perfectly. It was great. So the second thing I would suggest is rock sliders. Now, while I was off-roading in my stock Sahara with those plastic side steps, they got caught up on rocks. And one time a rock actually pulled off my side step. However, I was able to knock it back into place, but I would have better been better off without them. So my suggestion is if you can't afford rock sliders, just get rid of those side steps if you plan on doing any sort of trails with small to medium-sized rocks. Now, if you're going to get into some more serious rocks, you may want to consider rock sliders like my barricade rock sliders. I got those extreme terrain as well. And this is before we even interviewed these extreme terrain people. But anyway, um, they help protect the body of your Jeep Wrangler. So the third thing I would suggest is upgrading your diff covers. Now, if you're like me, I'm always running into rocks, especially with that front diff cover. <laughs> That's Nate um, uh, guiding you on the trail right there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you watch my latest video, boom, there it is. And Nate's like, oh, that's your diff cover. 
Um, they're the first thing I hit with my diff covers. And I replace mine with the Riddler diff covers, which are cast from high-grain iron. And another important thing is to keep in mind when you're looking for diff covers is getting that lip-free transition because the stock diff covers kind of overhang a little bit. And sometimes this will snag a rock. And I've heard of people where it grabs it right off. So diff covers is another, the third item. The fourth item is outfitting your Jeep with some heavy-duty skid plates. Now, the stock skid plates for me, the ones that I have that are stock right now, have been holding up quite well, except for I can, I'm probably running a gallon to two gallons less in my Jeep because I've been denting my gas tank skid a little bit too much. Um but what you really need to be concerned about is your transmission and oil pan. They're not protected. And I added um, an M-O-R-E. I forget what it's called, what the initials are for again. More, but Josh, more ride? Yeah, Josh will remember. But Mountain Off-Road the, Engineering. Thank you. He remembers for me every time. <laughs> um, anyway, it's the oil and transmission skid plate. And then I also just recently, because this is another place where I tend to get hung up on, are my rear control arm and shock mounts. Um, I use the EVO rear lower control arm skids, and this is actually the first item that I've welded onto my Jeep, um, which was kind of scary at first, but now it's once you put your first, drill your first hole, <laughs> weld your first item, you're like, you're over it, and it's all good. So the fifth item is the air dam removal. What is an air dam? That's what I asked when I first saw it. It's a piece of plastic under the front of your Jeep Wrangler. Some say it's to help hood flutter. Some say it's to prevent debris from flying up into your engine or possibly keeping your engine cooler. Whatever it does, I ended up removing mine when I installed my new front bumper. This plastic piece also has a potential of being ripped off while you're rock crawling because of um, it hangs a little bit lower. So later on next week's show, we're going to talk more about the air dam. Do you still run your air dam? What is the air dam for? And have you noticed a difference in your Jeep driving once you've taken it off? So that's on next week's show. Go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. For more information on how to contact us to let us know what you think about this air dam thingy. You know, damn it, Tammy, you said it was going to be more for next week, and now I can't talk about it. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin your, oh, your segment yeah, next you week because I have some ideas on that. I'll, I'll have to go over to the contact page and email you or something. Or you well, I got some ideas, what? too, but it involves a <laughs> sawzall and some very yeah. aggressive saw blades. <laughs> you guys could call and um, leave a voicemail, God. and we could... Play it on the show. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear our voices. <laughs> <laughs> Enough's enough. So uh, there was something I, w- I did want to say about the uh, the rock sliders. Uh, so you think taking off the rock sliders is, is better than even having the plastic there? Because the, the plastic is going to give you some protection. Um, I, I got caught up on rocks with mine, yeah. and it pulled it off of the Jeep. And I just, I don't know, I just... Yeah, I well, I mean, that's that's a good idea. That's why I'm asking. You got the experience. So uh, there you go, guys. It's uh, And, and I, I think a lot of us get into the trap of, well, the factory put it on there, so they must have thought about right. all this stuff. It's a Jeep, for God's sake. Why would they but put it was, a, a cheap piece of 
crap plastic on there that we get's going to get hung up. So so it's it's important to know these things. It and those plastic those side steps are on the Sahara, and I don't think this the Sahara. I mean, I think the Sahara is more geared towards those you know minivan moms, those soccer moms. Maybe I I could be wrong. But like the sport and the Rubicon don't have those on. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, they're, they're the on other, the sport because they're cheap. Uh, the the sport's the cheaper model, right? Um, and the other thing is they they these plastic side steps can also get pushed up into the body of your Jeep. And I know some folks who've had it where they couldn't open their door because it pushed it up <laughs> yeah. into oh. the Jeep. Yeah, yet you're getting out oh. on the other side, going, "What happened?" Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hey, folks, coming up later in the show, it's everybody's favorite tinfoil advocate, Nikki G. <laughs> he needs Reynolds Wrap as a sponsor. <laughs> uh, and we need you guys to give us a review. That's right. If you guys have something to say about the show, even it's a little pat on the back or, well, taking us to task on something, we enjoy the constructive criticism. Of course, if you guys just want to give us one of those five-star reviews and say, hey, good job, well, we love that, too. Any place where you can find us, whether it be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, Facebook, pretty much anywhere where you can find us, you can find a way to leave us a review and drop us a line. Oh, and uh, Spotify. Do you know I heard on a a, a recent uh, podcast that uh, Spotify looks like they're doing 5% of all the podcast downloads, so it's oh, wow. uh, yeah, yeah it's it's been a, made a huge jump they just recently started it too so well heads up and a big shout out to all of our spotify listeners absolutely you got tech questions oh, what do i ever we have answers oh that's good because I, I it's tech talk with jeep talk well it seems like anytime you're around the campfire and you start talking about winches and recovery well the topic of the synthetic winch line is right behind now, it has become a hugely popular choice in recent years as it continues to outperform the cable that we're all used to. So what is this phenomenon that has dethroned the reigning winch rope champion? Well, first of all, you may have heard synthetic winch rope operating under aliases such as plasma rope or sin rope or you know stuff like that. And while it seems like it, a recently new presence on the winch scene, it's actually been around since the mid-1990s. The exact origins of synthetic winch rope are unknown, but it was the brand Masterpole that came out with the first widely known and marketed version. Now, in the fishing and marine time industries, use of synthetic rope can actually be dated back to tracked back for decades. Now, what is this that makes synthetic winch rope so much superior? To answer that, you have to look at how it's actually made. Now, without getting too technical, because I know a lot of this is way beyond most of us here, well, the rope is altered in a chemical vat at the molecular level. What you end up with is a winch rope that is 30 to 40% stronger than wire rope almost double the braking strength and lighter and easier to manage. With so many options out there, buying a synthetic winch line for your winch can be a daunting task. There are many factors to consider here, such as how often the winch line will be used and what vehicle it's installed on. Choosing the correct size of winch line is critical for safe and efficient winching. Other than the materials used to manufacture the rope, there are two main points in deciding which line to go with, and that's diameter and length. The strength of a winch line is greatly dependent on its diameter figure out what diameter you need, I recommend using the standard 2 to 1 safety factor with the winch that you're installing the winch line on. For example, if you have a winch line, or if you have a, a winch rather, with a 9,000 pound rating, the line should have a braking strength of at least 18,000 pounds. It's always possible to install a large diameter winch line for additional strength, but keep in mind that as the winch line diameter increases, the length of the line has to decrease for it to fit on the drum correctly. Most people don't know that the more line you have on your drum, the weaker, the weaker the winch will actually be. And the more line you have, that's not necessarily the better. 
The, the rating a winch receives is based on the pull of the line at the first wrap of the drum. Every wrap added after that decreases the overall pulling power of the winch. It's just like large tires on stock gearing. You're going to be bogging down a little bit going up that hill. Synthetic winch line has a massive safety edge over steel cable. One of the scariest things about winching with wire rope is the deadly kickback that can come if it breaks. It will snap so fast that the recoil can literally cut a man in two. Winches with synthetic rope, on the other hand, offer more peace of mind since the rope doesn't hold much kinetic energy. Combined with the fact that it's lighter, there's going to be a lot less danger if it happens to break. Of course, synthetic winch rope isn't perfect, and there are some things to keep in mind. A synthetic winch line that is unsheathed will be more susceptible to chafing and will succumb quicker than a wire rope. It's also more vulnerable to heat, whether it comes from chafing on the or uh, from the internal break. The temperature of the synthetic rope reaches somewhere between 100 and 450 degrees Fahrenheit. It's going to begin to lose strength, and in some cases, it might even melt. If it repeatedly reaches these higher temperatures, heat aging occurs, which extremely weakens it. In fact, in, in some cases, particular temperatures, and this, of course, depends on the rope, what it's manufactured of, and, and its diameter, and all that sort of stuff. Anywhere between 200 and 900 degrees, well, it's, you're going to end up with a puddle on your, on your winch. If you follow the winch line manufacturer's instructions, you should be able to avoid heating up the rope too much, and you'll be just fine. Just allow the brake on the winch to cool off as necessary, and you should be just fine. To keep synthetic winch in great condition and ensure it lasts a long time, well, you've got to use appropriate maintenance techniques as well. Properly respooling it after every use, keeping it free of sand and debris and grit and other things, which will do their own form of chafing. And you need to wash it with a regular basis with a hose every once in a while. Keep a cover on the winch during the day so that UV, UV rays don't damage the rope. And in the end, as long as they're in good condition, either style of rope, whether it be synthetic or, or metal, will be able to do the job and recover your rig. It really comes down to personal preference and the terrain you traverse as well as the level of maintenance that you're willing to dedicate to your winch rope. Well, Jeepers, I hope this helps you out as far as, well, the debate between metal and synthetic. Of course, you can go either way, and, uh, well, it really depends on what you're doing with your vehicle and what you're doing with your winch, of course. You know, it's been a long time since I uh, was around a, a, a wrecker, and that actually, got, I guess the next time I see one on the road, I need to look. But it seems to me that wreckers uh, don't use synthetic rope. They only use the metal cable. And I've often said, I will think about switching to synthetic rope whenever I see the record drivers using it. Because to me, the cable is going to be less maintenance uh, and uh, just better overall in the long term. And In other words, my winch is going to be ready to do the job every time I need it, not this fancy synthetic crap that everybody gets on their Jeep because it's the newest thing, is the way I look at it. So... Uh, rebuttal to that what do you what do you guys i mean tammy you don't have a winch yet but uh what do you think uh cable or uh or synthetic line uh synthetic line because it comes in purple well <laughs> uh, <laughs> no that's and that's not from any experience that i've had but it's just from just mentally thinking of all the people who have suggested to me mm -hmm. what i should do I would say a majority of them have said I should do synthetic. So that's that's the only thing I'm going off of. Yeah. I, I will say this. Having, having had to pull cable countless times over the years, you know, climbing up those, up those hills, it, when you have 25, 45, 55 feet of cable that you're dragging up a, a vast incline, you're trying to get to a tree, you're trying to get to that, you know, that anchor point, another vehicle, something – 
that's a lot of weight that you're dragging behind you. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, you're, you're depending on the terrain, the season, everything else, you not, you don't necessarily have the best footing either. When you're pulling cable, I mean, yeah, you want your winch to work and you want that line to be reliable and stuff. And, and there's a lot of things that can go wrong with, with synthetic line. That's not to say there's, there isn't anything that can go wrong with, with a cable line either, but, uh, but you know, it's, it comes down to, well, how much effort am I willing to exert? When I have to pull cable, am I? Do I want to? By the time I get back down to my rig, be so out of breath <laughs> and useless because I, it's like I need to rest at this point. I'm about ready to have a heart attack, and you know, then it, it, it might be a no-brainer for you, um, you know. But it's it's again a lot of personal preferences in this. I don't. Yeah, think- there's a lot of stuff on paper that you can you can start adding up the pros and the cons. Yeah. Well, this has got this over that, and all this stuff, but. Again, personal preference. I don't think that the synthetic line holds up as well as the the, the metal cable. Longevity wise, yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. Uh, I've I've seen too many synthetic winch lines that have started to fray. They started to UV degrade and whatnot, and you can tell it's like okay, there are multiple signs here that this is not as good as it was when it was new. Yeah, and you know the same age and times being pulled of cable. You're not going to see any of that. I love the twice the strength thing. I love the not not no danger uh, when it snaps when it breaks. That is absolutely wonderful. But I can put a dampener over my cable, and right. I, I don't know. It's a something uh, un, unnatural about a a piece of uh, uh, synthetic line that uh, acts like a vampire. It can't be left out in the sun because it's gonna. It's you know, <laughs> I'm burning. I'm burning. You know. So. I, I, I'm, you know, I love science and I love futuristic stuff. I don't think they have the right material yet. I'm looking for something that has the same characteristics as cable, you know, triple, double or triple the strength, but you don't have to screw with it. It's you put it on there. It's ready to go anytime. And you don't have to worry about Sharpie rocks. Oh, keep my, yeah. keep my cable off the Sharpie rock. It's going to ruin it. And, and they're more expensive than cable. So Oh, substantially yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. You priced out a you know a, a hundred foot line of a synthetic line for your uh, for your winch. I mean, depending on the diameter, I mean it can set you back several hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you haven't even taken into consideration yet uh, the the endpoints or anything. And, and there are some spe- very specialty type of proprietary mounting systems out there for hooking up, you know, hooks and 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 other things to the end of your synthetic winch line. And it's a lot more than just a you know a clevis and a hook, guys. Yeah. I mean, this can that into itself can add a several hundred dollars onto your onto your uh, recovery gear. So you know you got to keep this stuff in mind. Synthetic is really cool; it has a lot of benefits, but it can add up price wise very quickly. It really it really goes down to how much money do you want to spend and how much maintenance do you want to do you want to do. Yeah. Very well put. Uh, I'm lazy. I would rather use cable, and but I'm I'll I mean I'll be right there with synthetic whenever the same you get the same type of. Uh, uh, maintenance schedule that you need for your cable. Well, we want to hear from you guys out there as well. You got something to add to this conversation. You, you got your two cents. We want to hear it. Anything to add? Well, maybe you have a question instead. How about, uh, well, suggestion for a tech talk idea? Well, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You'll be able to find a way that you can send us a message directly and leave those comments or ideas. All kinds of ways. Social media, email, phone. Oh, boy, it's just all right there. jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast at my mom's house. 
The Jeep Wrangler's exterior is one of the most distinguishable on and off-road vehicles today. There's no denying that seven-bar grill when you see it cruising down the road trail or in the mall parking lot. It's the reason why many of us raise a paw in salutation to celebrate the legacy and history which embodies the Wrangler community. The team over at Extreme Terrain understands how important and iconic the exterior of your Wrangler is. Jeepers all over the world visit ExtremeTerrain.com routinely as a trusted authority in the Wrangler aftermarket realm to research and purchase exterior dress-up items that not only look great, but function superbly and withstand the test of time. ExtremeTerrain.com carries a wide selection of Jeep Wrangler parts for the 1987 YJ all the way up to the new 2018 JL. Celebrate the arrival of the new 2018 JL Wrangler, Extreme Terrain has created an educational series of in-depth review videos focused on the ver on their very own brand spanking new 2018 JLU Sahara. These videos are geared towards the aftermarket, hosted by Extreme Terrain hype man Ryan Huck, <laughs> and speculate what the future holds for this new generation Wrangler. You can view their latest episode in this five-part series at ExtremeTerrain.com or through the link in the show notes at JeepTalkShow.com. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Hey, everyone. I'm excited tonight. We have a guest who is a Jeep girl. And she's a Jeep Wrangler owner, and she is working with Extreme Terrain. Her name is Meredith, and unfortunately, she is a Philadelphia Eagles fan, <laughs> but I'll, I'll deal with it anyway. Um, hey, Meredith, welcome to the Jeep Talk Show podcast. How are you? Thank you. Thank I'm good. Thank you for having me. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Okay, um, I am a junior video host and a writer for Extreme Train. And Extreme Train is basically a Jeep, re uh, a Jeep retailer. Uh, we sell all Wrangler parts from different distributors, uh, Rugged Ridge, Terraflex, you, all of the, um, all of the main vendors. And we create content on our uh, YouTube videos. We go to Roush Creek. We go to a lot of off-road um, events, and we create product videos to give a little bit of information um, to the viewers and what they want to buy and what they don't want to buy, um, just helping everybody out along the way, giving some more information to everybody. So so you're kind of like, are you, um, we interviewed Ryan um, a couple shows ago, so are you like his partner on the videos, or are you doing your own videos? Uh, so we technically, yeah, we are partners. Uh, he's my, I guess you would call it a co-host. Right. Um, he's been around for a long time. He does a lot of the content videos. I've been with the company for um, about a year now. I'm just starting to, for the past couple of months, get onto the YouTube channel, um, get familiar um, with being in production uh, like we're doing. Um, so I do more of review videos. I'll take a product. Um Say it's a front bumper, put it on the table, write who it's for, um, what it's made out of, how it can benefit you, and kind of give you the most information out of a product so you can make a decision on if it's right for you or if it's um, you want something better or something else. So um, I take it you are also a Jeep owner as well because it seems like yes. everyone who works <laughs> at Extreme Terrain is living the life. 
Yeah, um, I have a 2007 Jeep um, Wrangler. It's the um, Sahara um, Unlimited. And how long? And have I you have had quite that? a bit done to it. <laughs> right. So, have you done a lot of the modifications yourself, or did I mean, have you picked out the stuff yourself, or was this something modified before you bought it? Um, I bought it stock right out of high school. So my senior year, um, I saved up enough money and I finally, uh, got my hands on one. Um, and my friends and I, I, I've never actually really taken it to a shop to get anything done. Um, it's just been me and my buddies working on it and it's, it's been quite an experience. Uh, quick, quick, quick question. Uh, you've done all this work yeah. yourself between you and your buddies. You've done all the work on your Jeep. How many times have you died? Um, not a fiery I death. Have not. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I'm still hanging I, on. I just want to point that out, folks. Is that it's it, that's the way I like doing the Jeep. Is you get one that's stock that hasn't been wheeled. You know, if you're getting it used, hasn't been wheeled, hasn't been modified, and then you do all the modifications yourself, and you know exactly how it's been put together. So I love that. That's 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 great to hear. So what? Yeah, possessed, I, oh. What what possessed you to buy the Jeep? Is that, is Jeep in your family? It's actually not. I mean, my dad had a Jeep. Um, he had a CJ uh, when he was younger and he loved it. But I actually got into the Jeep world. My One of my best friends in middle school, his dad owned, uh, I think it was a 10 um, two-door Rubicon. And just, he put a lift on it. He had everything on it. And it just, the potential that I saw out of the vehicle was just amazing and he took us um he didn't take us and on any like crazy wheeling trips but he showed us what the jeep was capable of and ever since then i've been researching and looking up parts and and building on the uh the jeep website you know you can build your own jeep uh, i did that for a while and then i finally um had enough money by the time i was 18 and got my hands on one that's awesome what color is it by any chance it's black. <laughs> yes, there you go, Tony. Jeep girls. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Tony, Jeep girls are just way smarter than, than Texas Jeep guys. I think that the price is lower on the black ones. That's why everybody gets them. No. Hey, that's okay with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like it. I, I have the all blacked out look. Um, it, I, I like that really mean, aggressive, stealthy look. And I think it, it, goes, it goes well with what I have going on. Right. So how did you get involved with Extreme Terrain? Um, I was actually a customer there. So they started in 2012. And um, when I first uh, got into looking for parts um, for my Wrangler, my buddy's dad, he actually bought from Quadratech. So I surfed on their site. But I found that there was a lot... Um, better deals on extreme terrain. So I started buying from there and, um, I realized that they were located in, um, Malvern, which is only like 15 minutes down the road from me. Um, so I saw that they were hiring and I applied for one of their customer service jobs. Um, and then I, I started in customer service and about two weeks into my training, I received an email stating like, Hey, do you love Jeeps? Do you want to work with them? And I was like, of course I love Jeeps. I want to work with them. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was a, uh, a position for the video host role. So I said, why not? 
I'll go try it out. The worst they can say is no. And they saw that I had drive and knew that I was what I was talking about and gave me a chance. And here I am. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> so what do you have um, as far as modifications to your Jeep that you have done since you bought it? So I started, I knew right away that I wanted 35s on it. Um, and as a naive, uh, 18 year old, <laughs> I bought uh -huh. a body lift to begin with. Um, and I put a two inch body lift on it so I could squeeze some 35s under there, put some flat fenders on it. Um, and then I started upgrading some armor and then, um, I decided to get a TerraFlex four inch lift kit, um, and go with a pair of 37s. So right now I'm in the process of beefing up my front axle um, and getting my steering components uh, all beefed up so that I can put on the 37s um, and not break anything on the trail. So is um, this your daily driver as well? I, I daily drive it. I also have a, uh, a Subaru WRX, so I, I drive that frequently too. Um, but here and there, I, uh, I, I work on it quite a lot, so... It's, it's always got, it's always getting something done to it. So it's either right. one car or the other car that I take. So I had a quick question for you, Meredith. Uh, you yeah. say you're working on it a lot. Uh, one of the things I think that holds, holds a lot of people back from working on their own Jeep is the, the expense and perhaps the, the types, not knowing what types of tools they need, you know, because they haven't worked on the Jeep or maybe any other, uh, vehicle. Did you find that you had to spend a lot of money on, on tools? Uh, and, uh, you know, what did you start with? Um, I basically just started with, I think what everybody starts with, a ratchet and a socket set and a couple of wrenches. And then I just grew into, oh, I need this part to put this on. <laughs> I need uh, yeah. like something as simple as like a, a, a tie rod puller right? Um, or, or something uh, that's just like a specialty tool. And then once you start getting into it, it, it just grows and it, those tools come in handy down the long run anyway yeah and it's wonderful having that uh that tool and you also because you've worked on it yourself you know if you, you know the jeep or, or whatever vehicle you're working on you know the jeep you know it sounds you know what it feels like and whenever you start hearing or feeling a certain thing you go oh i know what that is i got the tools for that it's going to take me 2.5 hours to fix that and and you just exactly you just know exactly what's going to happen. It doesn't always work out that way, but at least you have some a false <laughs> a false sense of security. It might, <laughs> it, it might be a little bit longer than two and a half hours, or oh, it always uh, is whatever. for me. I actually um I have a small garage, but I used to uh, before I put this four inch lift on it. I used to work on everything with like a floor jack and some wood blocks. Mm -hmm. Now mm -hmm. I'm trying to get everything up on a lift and. Um, do all that because it's pretty high at this point yeah it's so much easier um i know a local guy off-road or adrenaline off-road and he has a lift and it's so much easier to get your jeep up higher so you can like walk underneath it and do the work that way instead of you know trying to put it up on blocks and everything Oh yeah, it's so it's so much easier to see. It's so much easier to diagnose problems when you're underneath and you can see everything, and you're not just have it jacked up on one side and uh, can't really see much. You got to crawl around. Uh, it's definitely yep. a benefit. That's what we do at um, Extreme Terrain. We put all of our jeeps up on lifts. 
um, and it makes the job a lot easier. But I mean, there's no there's no shame in doing it on on the ground. No, you're still doing the work. So a question is, uh, if you work at Extreme Terrain, do you have to be a Jeep owner? It seems like everybody there is, <laughs> but is that a prerequisite? No, no, definitely not. Um, but a lot of people do, and a lot of people kind of take advantage of, of working at a, a Jeep company and being having parts so accessible. I think that's one of the reasons why I was so excited to get this job is I, I get parts um, for for a discounted price and um that the mod bud has just gotten worse no, no so you, oh, yeah, I'm sure. you, you're pissing everybody off because you not right. only do you get jeep parts but you get them you get cheap jeep parts it's not that big of a discount <laughs> there you go i like but it that does, it, it does add up so you mentioned uh extreme terrain but uh we were talking a little bit before the interview you actually uh don't work for extreme terrain but turn five and turn five actually has a number of companies that uh uh, do the, the you know for the jeeps ex- especially for the you know the extreme terrain is, is jeeps but the you have other companies that do other things correct yes so our turn five is our parent company and then underneath turn five we have a couple of e-commerce websites so a couple of retailers just like extreme terrain we also have american muscle that's been around for a long time that was our our starting company um and that was i believe in uh 2005 and then in 2012 we, we um created extreme train and then um just recently we opened up a new website americantrucks.com and we <clears throat> we supply for all gmc sierra uh chevy silverado and dodge ram as well as ford f-150 excellent so uh i would assume that your discounts apply to all those uh all those companies or just uh, just extreme yeah yeah they do apply Okay, there, guys. If you need if you need a discount on the back, uh, you know, from the 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 freight area, you know where to call. Um, so I noticed that one of your goals is to eventually take your Wrangler to um, Moab, and oh, you yeah. wrote you wrote that you're you don't think your Jeep is ready to stand up to the trails yet at Moab. I guarantee you, if you took your stock Jeep there, you could definitely do some of those trails maybe not like hell's gate or whatever but um the guy who guided me through i want to say it was spins and things he took a stock chevy avalanche and made it through some of those trails so and the jeeps are a hundred times more capable so don't let that hold you back that you're you don't think your jeep's ready because you would be surprised at what you can make it through yeah yeah, I think that it, it's built up enough where it could get through. I just, I, I think I want to build it to its full potential um, and then right. see what it really can do. Um, and going out there is like, that's the, that's what every Jeep owner wants that, to right. do. <laughs> now, are you afraid of heights? Um, when I'm off camber in a top heavy <laughs> Jeep, yes. <laughs> okay. So wh- what but if I you think- are like cliffs or like, drop-offs on the side of you you're okay with that yes um okay. i was actually watching uh yeah. this one youtube channel uh way of life when they went out to uh, uh moab and they had a couple pucker moments on there that was actually getting me nervous just watching it right but it was the site the amazing the view that they had there yeah, it's, it, it's absolutely amazing it's breathtaking yeah it is definitely 
it's a for sure you have to go sometime in your life it's amazing yeah i definitely plan on it so we since I go to Roush Creek and you go to Roush Creek. We should hook up maybe sometime this spring or summer. Are do you are you going to do the women's wheeling event in September? Yeah, they I have, would love to do that. Um, I've heard a lot about it. I personally have not been there um, at that event myself. Um, but Extreme Train, we love to go to <clears throat> different events. Um, and that's something that we could definitely set up and, and go. Yeah, because it, it's... This year, it's September 15th. Um, we'd love to see you there and wheel with you. It's, it's growing bigger and bigger every year. And it's all women drivers, all women guides. Of course, you know, your boyfriends and husbands can go with. But um, that would be awesome to see you there. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, I would love to go. Um, Maybe I you could drive that, the extreme terrain think, jeep there. I'm sorry? You could probably drive the extreme terrain jeep. Oh, screw that. I'd want to take my own we jeep. We could. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to take my own jeep. I, I love I love taking my jeep because I know what it's capable of, and I, I, I trust my jeep, and I know what it's not capable of. Um, right. And I, I just, for, from driving my jeep for so long and um, wheeling my jeep for so long, I like the comfortability factor um, that I have with it. It's like a bond right. that you really can't break. But you put in all that time and effort to getting it, you know, where it is. You want to go out there and use it, damn it. You know, Tammy oh, actually, yeah. when, when Tammy went to Moab, she didn't have time to, to uh, drive out there. So she flew out there and rented a Jeep. And I told her it was going to kill her because she no. did, there's that Jeep that has all that stuff on it. And that, you know, she spent the time and getting done and having it ready. And there she was driving another Jeep. So it didn't bother me at really? all. Really? That would just drive me up nope. the wall. Actually, I felt like that, I, I enjoyed I myself agree. better. I, I think that that would drive me up a wall as well, just knowing <laughs> that I don't have my. Because it's like a free, you put so much time and effort into it. It's like a friend. It's, yeah, you it's your family member. It's your family member and you left them at home, damn it. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I took more chances in this Jeep because I didn't have to worry about breaking my Jeep and not making it home. So I enjoyed that myself. That is also true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed myself more. Just like when I was able to drive Clayton's Jeep, um, Clayton Off-Road, when I drove his Jeep at Roush Creek, I was able to drive on a black trail. And maybe it could have been a red trail too, I forget. But I would have never done that in my Jeep at that point in my um, wheeling adventures. And it just, it gave me more confidence and it gave me more like, yes, I can do this and a Jeep can do it. And so I was able to know that my Jeep can do more than what I'm letting it do. So yeah, it goes both I think, ways. I think it's good to get in and kind of get a taste for the trail, get a taste for the line um, and everything to make sure your Jeep is going to be capable of that or not. And I mean, taking it out the second time and seeing what it's made of is, that's the real right. fun about it. Right. So, Tony, any other questions you have of Meredith? Well, let's see. She's you've already done the color. She's got a nice bright red Jeep, which is uh, always yeah. good. Oh, do you uh, have? Uh, are you running bead lockers? I am not. Um, I would like to. I haven't found. Uh, we actually don't offer uh, true bead locks at our company, which is something that I've tried to um, let our. Uh, our managers um, for uh, contacting the vendors know about because that 
is something that a lot of Jeep owners like. And I would personally love to run a set of beadlocks so I don't have to worry about on the trail. Um, and I can just go down to a low PSI and just crawl away. Yeah, that would be nice. Oh, uh, what size uh, uh, tires and wheels are you running? Right now I'm running a 35-inch uh, a mud claw with a 17 by 9-inch um, steel D window um, by Mammoth. Okay. Um, have you, uh, I know you said you'd done a lot of building. Uh, have you been off road with it? With my Jeep? Yes. What kind of PSI are you dropping the tire pressure down to when you, when you're going off road? I usually go down to about 15 to 20, depending on, um, the weather, if it's cold or not. Um, but usually I, I'm right around the, the 20 mark. And, uh, well, I think at 20, you probably wouldn't have any problem about breaking a bead, but I, I wouldn't, uh, you haven't had any of those issues, right? With, the the, uh, the tire no. coming off the wheel. No. Um, the only thing that I have had, um, happen is I clipped a valve stem and, <laughs> yep. um, that was the only issue that I had. And I had my spare in the back and that was completely fine because I could just jack it up with my high lift jack and go. Uh, did you, those things are pretty heavy. How do you, how do you handle the weight, uh, being of the female persuasion? How do you, uh, handle getting that tire down and off and getting the other one back up? Is it, is it something you do yourself? Do you have something, uh, perhaps that extreme terrain sells that assists you with that or uh, just help from friends? No, I actually, the, you, you kind of have to know how to persuade it off of the tire carrier kind of deal. <laughs> Timing. I, I kind of just let it drop. Yeah. <laughs> and just bounce it and watch it and just roll it over. Um, we do have a bunch of uh, tub-mounted tire carries. I know the one from DV8 uh, is really good uh, about that. It has a spindle in the middle that holds it there. You can open it and access your uh, tailgate with it. Um, but as far as getting it down, we don't have anything um, necessarily to help you with that. And I think that's a really good idea, to be honest. Oh, it's not just are heavy. It's not just women either. I mean, especially after a long day on the trail, and if you've had more than one uh, tire. Uh, change you're going to be uh, really really sucking wind uh, no matter what size you are uh, getting those things down oh, yeah. and, and really back up is the main problem so uh, i know a lot of people are going to ask uh, you're doing the youtube videos for extreme terrain people are going to want to know where they can see you uh, and uh, you know get a look at and uh, look at you and uh, see some of the the production value that you you've got well where can they find that uh, you can go to um, our youtube channel it's www.youtube dot com backslash extreme terrain videos uh you can even go to our website extreme terrain.com um you can find all of our videos on our product pages we usually list one right underneath our product description kind of when you're looking at the part you can instead of reading you can listen to us talk about it um <laughs> and and a visual on the install um and then you can also find me at xt underscore meredith at um on instagram as well as on twitter Excellent. And uh, do you, uh, I know there's, uh, we, we, let's go ahead and do the social media thing. I know there's Facebook pages and Instagram and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, uh, give us all those. Uh, I just really have my Twitter and my Instagram. Uh, if you want to find me by Facebook, I'm Meredith DeVasa. I really haven't had um, much time to get uh, everything <laughs> together, um, but you can find everything there. I do have uh, pictures of my Jeep and, and everything listed on there. I also have a couple of product pictures um, of stuff that I review, kind of give you a little insight on on my set and what I'm doing. 
Oh, uh, one uh, one last question for you on uh, the video production. Was that something that you had done prior to this, or uh, is this something that you're learning on the job with uh, Turn Five and Extreme Terrain? No, I've never done it before. I've the really only um, thing that I've done is talked about jeeps, and then now <laughs> I get to do it on camera. So I, at first it was a little weird. I heard Tammy talking about it. it's weird to hear yeah. yourself. It's yeah. weird to see yourself. Um. But you kind of get used to it and you get comfortable and um, that's kind of where I've been going. And now I uh, have videos out there um, that I can share all the all the good stuff with you guys. Isn't video editing the most time consuming thing in the world? <laughs> well, she probably has an editor that edits it for her. She probably oh, do you have an do editor? It. I figured that you and Ryan had to do all the editing. Um, we, we have editors. We have a whole team. So oh, we have a couple yeah. of managers goodness. that... Yeah, they um, probably have the, the whole production and the yep. behind the scenes, and then we have um, we have editors, we have videographers, we actually have um, hired installers that install all of our parts and uninstall to show you a good view of um, how to do it and uh, step by steps. Wow, that's like a professional dang deal over there. It's it's yeah. It, her and Ryan are like the TV anchors. Yeah, so. wow. It, it's pretty incredible to be honest. You guys are the talent. It, it, the talent yeah. gets to throw fits and ask why the craft uh, right. the craft service doesn't have uh, uh, kolaches on it or something. That's that's wonderful. Oh no, we're we're, we're pretty <laughs> behaved. <laughs> All right, Meredith. Well, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We really appreciate it and uh, more insights into Turn Five. And uh, mention those other companies that uh, uh, Turn Five has Extreme Terrain. And what are the other companies that they have? We have American Muscle. Muscle.com for um, all of your Mustang needs. And then we have americantrucks.com for uh, Ford F-150, Sierra, Silverado, and Dodge Ram. There you go, guys. I mean, that's a sweet deal. You got uh, muscle cars, trucks, and Jeeps. So, I mean, that pretty much covers it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. All right. Thanks a lot again, uh, Meredith. Thanks, and, Meredith. And we hope to talk to you again really soon. Thank you so hope much to- for having me. I appreciate yeah, hope- it. I hope we see you out at Roush Creek one day. Definitely will. You see what happens there, Tammy? You talk bad about the Sahara, and our guest has a Sahara. You know? There you go. You know, you got to be careful with this stuff. I'm (laughs) sure she's gotten rid of those side steps with all that cool stuff she's put on her Jeep. (laughs) Actually, I'm pretty sure she has. I I remember looking at the picture. Well, Tammy's got room to talk, too. She actually had a Sahara, so, you know, (laughs) she she knows what she's talking about She's in her her (laughs) Rubicon now. (laughs) Yep. Trade it up, for sure. That's right. Nothing but the best for me. When you get in the, uh, I'm sorry, Tammy, is it, you getting the the new uh, JL, or are you going to wait for the truck, the the new Jeep truck? Oh, the truck, the truck. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> we actually that would be really Can good I have for the both, show please <laughs> i know really well josh when i win the lottery we'll all oh, get us thanks. everything oh uh, it's yep. it's been recorded josh <laughs> she's gonna get us all this stuff whenever we win the lottery or she wins i'll, it. I'll even get you a patriot Woo-hoo. oh god uh, just kidding <laughs> do you have an idea for a guest or maybe you want to be a guest on the jeep talk show go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and share your idea for our next great guest. Corey sent us a couple of great suggestions last week, and we'll be looking into them. Thanks, Corey.
Yeah, I was just going to mention we've actually uh, we actually got another one uh, in uh, Instagram, I believe, uh, and that's the great thing about going to the contact page. You find all different kind of ways to to reach out to us, and uh, we really appreciate your suggestions. So don't be surprised when we uh, when you hear uh, an interview with one of your suggestions, and don't be surprised when you see that AOL link up there. AOL, <laughs> America Online. <laughs> Wow. There's Ti- a timely oh, reference, I'm sorry. Huh? Timely reference, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need one of those, the uh, little, you know, and then the connect thing they used to have. And the, oh, and yeah, the guy, the, and the guy the, going, the you've got mail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they had a movie with Tom Hanks uh, made about him. So that's, that's doing pretty good. Oh, speaking of Tom Hanks, real quick. I know, totally out of left field here. But did um, you hear that Tom Hanks is going to be playing Mr. Mr. Rogers? Rogers. I can't yeah, believe it. Can you can you say <laughs> wow. can you say Tom Hanks? Sure you can. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, did we even mention who our uh, our interview is uh, with next week? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Northwest Jeepcast. Those the other Jeep show. The other, the other white meat. No. Yeah, I was that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, actually, there's a couple of Jeep shows out there right now, and uh, we're going to have uh, those guys on for a, a guest. But next week, it's going to be Gary with the Northwest Jeepcast. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, sorry, I can't call in this week. Uh, I'm busy helping the kids with their math homework. What the hell is this? It's a geometry question I'm stumped on. Well, maybe you guys can help. If uh, Guido makes a large round pizza and places it in a square box after cutting it into triangles, how much do you tip the delivery driver? Yeah, I know. This new math sucks. I like the old math where you had questions like, There it comes. If the police officer said you were driving 9% over the speed limit, but you claim you're driving at 2% below the speed limit, how many volts does the taser gun carry? <laughs> yeah, I don't know the answer to that ho, ho. I was pretty much sleeping through it. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I will uh, chat you later. And you have a good one. Oh, uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> All the volts. All the volts <laughs> is the correct answer. <laughs> You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Now, this one does come with a little bit higher of a price tag. We're in the triple digits, guys, but it's just a little over $100, and it's not a bad price tag for, well, dialing in your suspension. What I'm talking about here is the JKS 1100 is the model number. Front adjustable bump stop kit for, well, pretty much every single Jeep made since 1983. Uh, Variable height landing pad spacer system ensures correct bump stop clearance for virtually any lift and tire combination. Allows proper setup of bump stops to prevent suspension from bottoming out. Easily compensates for vehicle changes, spring settling, and sagging. And conveniently allows changes to bump stop clearance without removing the coils from the vehicle. Huge bonus right there. Practical upgrade for your inferior bump stop extensions and fixed length designs, which, in my mind, personally suck. The kit includes three interlocking and interchangeable spacers, which uh, gives you the ability to make six possible lengths 
ranging from anywhere from three quarters of an inch up to a whopping four inches of bump stop. And uh, well, these guys, uh, these things are made quite well. It looks like a solid aluminum billet and uh, comes with all the mounting hardware you need. And well, really will help you dial in where that suspension is supposed to be stopping without bottoming out and uh, while knocking your fillings loose. And for, well, just a little over $100 and shipped, and you can get them on Amazon.com using our link. Uh, well, we appreciate that. You guys can dial in the front of your Jeep a little bit better. So when your buddy or the guy on the forum says, can I put uh, 40s on a stock uh, Wrangler? <laughs> the answer is, if they don't want to cut something, the answer is, yes, you can if you bump stop it. Now, it's not <laughs> yeah, going to flex <laughs> at all, but it's not going to rub either. <laughs> no, and you probably aren't going to have any fenders either, but, uh, but you know. Uh, well, if you yeah. bump a stop it, it's not going to be in the fenders, Josh. Now, it, you may not have a spring. It may all be bump stop and lifting actually up the, uh, the rig. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you guys must have this item, too, we'll make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look at the show notes for episode 319. We'll have a link in there directly. To this item you guys can get it for yourself yep and when shopping at amazon make sure you go to jeeptalkshow.com slash amazon first it'll take you right over there and you can buy anything and we'll get a few cents off of each purchase won't cost you an extra dime all right the segment i like calling cherokee love simply because uh, some people have cherokees out there and they wanted more cherokee content uh but this can apply to more than just the cherokee as uh, as is with uh, many jeeps uh there's uh the, the Cherokee and the uh, TJs uh, really had the uh, almost the identical drivetrain. So uh, that was uh, kind of, a, I, I guess, a, a point that uh, a point of contention with uh, TJ owners because uh, the Cherokee was basically the same thing, but a third of the price. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, t- speaking of tire sizes, uh, what tire size can I fit? Now, this would be different for depending on whether it's a Wrangler or if it's a JK, a TJ, or oh, an yeah. XJ. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but I think the principles still apply, don't they, Josh? I mean, you know, you, you have yeah, to worry about roughly. fenders. I mean, it's, and- it's going to be scalable. The concepts are, are, are identical across the platforms. It's just going to be the numbers are going to be slightly different. Uh, and, and, and of course, you know, we're talking about the differences between, you know, a two inch lift kit on a, on a Cherokee or a Grand Cherokee versus a two inch lift kit on a Wrangler, like a TJ or a YJ. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's definitely going to warrant different numbers. Yeah. So I would say, uh, with a, uh, well, Tammy, did you, whenever you were looking at putting larger tires on your Jeep, I know that you did a, a lift kit on your Jeep before you put the 35s on there, but did you look at it as far as what the size tires that you could put on there without doing a lift or maybe what size tires you had on it before the lift? Right. I mean, I had 33s on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew if I did a lift, it would look really stupid with 33 so i knew i had to do 35s um and i knew if i did anything bigger than 35s i would have to do more than just a lift right so i was kind of like i had like one option and when tammy says more than just a lift she's talking about uh, changes to the the suspension changes to the axle uh because you're putting more torque more stresses on everything, the larger the tire you go up, not the weight of the tire, but whenever you start turning it around or flexing it, it uh, the, the the tires and wheels generally are uh, heavier as they get larger. But uh, this is really, uh, and correct me on this if I'm wrong, Josh, but it's really more the 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 as you said earlier, the shearing forces, the 
the side forces and uh, when you're turning it uh, well, we've all seen most of the we've all seen those those cars and and trucks out there that have the wheels that are sticking out almost a full full wheels width out past the right. fender flares you know and I, I call it all froggied out and stuff it's got that that froggied out stance if, if you will and it's, it's sticking way out the sides obviously that's putting a lot of forces that uh, weren't designed to be taken uh, by the the wheel bearings and and you know the rotating all that stuff that's going on down there and and really you know you start introducing you know shear forces and, and other things that that it just never was designed to to, to try and put up with mm-hmm. and then you start you know a- adding the rigors of off road use into the equation as well and you can see how parts get broken a lot easier um, wheel bearings start wearing out a lot easier. Tie rods and, and 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 rod you know rod ends and rods themselves break or or get bent and stuff like that. And all this stuff it just all adds up and becomes a lot easier to wear or break the larger components you start putting on the outside of those axles. Yeah, so that's something to keep in mind when you're thinking about what size tires to put under your rig. You can't just go for looks. Uh, you have to be practical about it. It's just like Tammy was saying. She didn't want to stick with the 33s the, she, with the lift. She knew she wanted to go 35s because it was going to look funny. Uh, but she didn't want to go above that because she didn't want to start breaking things or having to spend uh, hundreds or thousands of dollars in beefing up the suspension so that she could run those things effectively, especially since she takes it off-road. And by the way, it really depends on whether you're, you're just a pavement pounder or if you're an off-roader. Because yeah. off-road puts a lot more stress mm-hmm. on your your vehicle, and the tire size is going to be part of that. Now, as far as what tire size can you fit, depends on the platform. Uh, I would say with a, a Cherokee, uh, the XJs, you probably wouldn't want to go above uh, a 30-inch tire. Uh, you could probably get away with a 31. 30s are, are, are pretty easy to go with. Uh, I think not the, on a stock not on a stock height rig though. I was going to say that I think the stock size uh, tire on the the XJ is a 27 inch, so right. uh, I've got 30s on the 99, and it's it's just fine. So uh, that's why I'm saying 31s. Now, for anything above 30, you're really going to want to lift. Uh, I put uh, I did a four and a half inch lift, and I was able to get 32s, but there were I did have to do some minor trimming uh, yeah. front and rear so that I could actually go uh, lock to lock on the tires without it rubbing the fenders now those same numbers applied to a wrangler are going to be completely different absolutely you're not going to have to worry about you know clearances and stuff like that unless you're you know you you start jumping that tire size up dramatically in which case well we're talking about a different set of numbers here so so i don't know about the jk's i I suspect they're very similar to the tj's but i think that you could go 33s uh relatively easy if it's a road only vehicle on a tj uh, but uh, I would recommend, uh, certainly recommend a lift uh, for anything above uh, a 33. And, yeah. and frankly, if you're going to take it off-road, you're going to want to do a lift on those 33s. Otherwise, they are going to be rubbing. I think it's going to rub in the back more than it is in the front. So uh, ultimately, the reason why you're, you're putting bigger tires on there is not to look cool. It's to increase your distance between the ground or the, the obstacle and your differential because that's the lowest point uh, on the the body of the Jeep. That's what's going to hang you up when you're going th- over things off-road. And even in some cases on-road, if it's an emergency situation and you need to get over something, you're going to want that clearance. So Look out, Jersey Barrier, here I come. 
<laughs> there you go. One zombie's not a problem. It's whenever you get 60 of them that you need to worry about the clearance. <laughs> you know, this is one of those, you know, chicken and egg uh, type of questions, you know, because, you know, a lot of this comes into, well, you know, what you're going to be doing with the Jeep. And that you know, kind of comes into, well, well, what size of lift kit are you going to do? Well, what kind of size tires are you going to run? Well, what kind of wheeling are you going to do? There's, there's like a bunch of questions that yeah. you have to answer before you can answer the next question but you kind of need to answer that question before you can ask these other questions it's well, like ah, i'm gonna lose my mind and it even goes into the locking too if you if you have a locker or uh, uh, a lunchbox locker you're going to want a smaller tire size on certain axles so it is very in-depth and it's one of the cool things about jeeps you can't just uh point and shoot you can't just say i want that and you know it's going to do everything for you you have to do some research on it so uh, i would say Look at what everybody recommends for your particular model vehicle with your particular axle uh, for off-road. I don't brake it very often, or if, as long as you keep your foot off the skinny pedal, it's fine. You're looking for those words when you're doing searches on the forums. So, uh, yeah, the forums are really a good place to go. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. JeepTalkForum.com would be one of the you know great places you can go to find this information, to find what people are doing. And really what you're looking at is as far as information goes is what has been tried and true we're talking about hundreds if not thousands of jeepers out there have all done this a bunch of times before and we're going to be learning from their mistakes and, and learning from what works and what doesn't and you'll be able to determine exactly what's going to work for you and your build and if you have a cherokee and you're looking for a cherokee specific forum well we have one of those too you can go over to xjtalk.com you know xj the the two-letter designator that jeep gave the cherokee xjtalk.com but the the main thing is is that you want to have fun with your jeep you really don't have to, to do too much research before you can lift and put big tires on and go out and enjoy your jeep so coming up next week we're going to be talking about how to keep get your jeep's build sheet and that's not just for cherokees that's for uh, uh well you know i would assume it's all cherokees but i know it would be for the tjs the xjs the jks and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot easier if you've pulled your build sheet in the past or maybe a, an older Jeep that you have. It's a lot simpler now, boys. We'll talk about that next week on episode 320. Ooh, good information there. Hey, speaking of joining in on the fun next week, guys, we got Gary from the Northwest Jeepcast. He's going to be stopping in and uh, popping in for a little bit of a chit-chat. Should be another great interview. Make sure that you are subscribed. You won't want to miss it. Now, right now, as we record this, one of the largest, hardest, most competitive off-road events in the world is taking place. King of the Hammers happens only once a year. And if 2018 is or was your first year going, then we would love to hear from, hear from you and what the experience was like for you. Give us a call. Let us know real quick what you thought and, well, how it was for you. Of course, coming up here later in the month, we've got the California Four-Wheel Association Convention. I talked a little bit about this last week, guys. This is going to be one that, well, if nothing else, I want somebody out there to go crash this party. It should be pretty good. This is actually, they're going to have a theme this year of steampunk. So that means there's going to be a lot of off-roaders in some very interesting, uh, well, attire, if you will, some costumes. <laughs> they're going to have a table decoration contest, a costume contest. This is going to be really, really interesting. If you're interested in going, uh, if nothing else, for the people watching, it's at the Riverside Marriott Hotel in Riverside, California. It's happening February 16th through the 18th. It's a weekend-long event. should be really good. Uh, and, of course, if you want more information on that, we'll have the links in the show notes for this episode. And later on, well, in March, actually, 
Oh, it's the big one. The Easter Jeep Safari happening March 24th through the 31st in the one and only Moab, Utah. For more information on this, head over to the Red Rock Four-Wheelers uh, four Club uh, homepage there. RR4W.com is a link to find out more about the Easter Jeep Safari. And if you know of an off-road event coming up, well, shoot us an email with some details. We'd love to hear from you. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? Well, just go to our contact page at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and tell us all about it. Hey, and don't forget to follow me on my Jeep journey at jeepmama.com. If you need a voice for your product or your business, check me out at thevoiceofjosh.com. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow a friend, like, subscribe, and above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, you pack it in, pack it out, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Remember to always tread lightly. If you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how to, well, keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. The Jeep Talk Show comes as a complete kit, but some assembly is required. Batteries not included. Product may have settled during shipping and is packed by weight, not by volume. <laughs> Hey, we didn't do a uh, campfire side chat this week, but come in next week and we're going to find out what happened with Josh's first Jeep start. Podcasting since 2010.